things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Friday, McCool. How are you doing, my uh, dear? Finest frog here, Eric. Happy Friday. Same Had treatment yesterday. Oh, did you sound a little steroided. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get this feeling you'll make it. You, I think you'll be all right. You like to you like to let on a certain way sometimes. But I go, nah, she's a little tougher than that. I know her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Let's get that out of the way. Let's um, get some stuff because we yeah. got a very important guest today. He's going to talk yeah, yeah. all things uh, SB 102 Live Local Act, which I know Otherwise is otherwise known as what. I'm not going to, the developer, you know, hand something or other. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go there because we said jobs. today. We like jobs. We like jobs, yeah, because we said today we're going to keep this as clean, clean as possible because we want this yep. this show today to be taken seriously and educational. Yep. Yep. I know sometimes Dana and I veer off a little bit to have fun with the show, but this is. Today uh, is, no, fact-finding, fact-facing. I think the more you impact this, uh, once again, I always go back to. There may have been somewhere rooted in with some best intentions, but there's a lot to unpack it that yeah. we're still, that people, and you know this as well as I do, Dana, because you talk about it all the time, people, folks are still unpacking this bill. Yep. Uh, folks like Carmen and others as well. Discovering every day yeah. some other way that we're getting screwed. So, so with, anyways, with hey, that listen. said, everyone, please don't forget to check check us out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Smoke and Truth, we're there. Get the notifications, please. If you sign up for us, you'll be notified every Tuesday when the thing drops. Same thing yep. on all the major podcasts. And I also usually post on Facebook. So for those who are also following us on Facebook, which is growing little by little each time, yep. uh, please you know just click the picture, click whatever you want over there, and it'll take you right to YouTube, and you can watch the video or listen to it on your drive, whatever. And the best part is when we get days like today and like, what we had with the fuel farm, uh, the ladies from the fuel farm, you get to sit there, right, and go back and watch it again. Did yep. I miss something over here? Wait a minute, and and play it over again. Yep. So, all that I'm done with uh, with the, okay. the usual all intros. Right, all right. Who's your lover today? The lover is HVC. It's uh, the cosecha. Um, Viaje Concecha, yeah. whatever that other word is. Yeah, the Viaje Concecha, yeah, 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 yeah. Cosecha, Cosecha, I think is what it is. Anyways, it's, uh, I'm liking it. It's pretty good. Not too bad. Okay. Although that Pan Caliente, I did, OG, I did like better. Um, but the what? This is the the, the, bon, uh, the pan, pan Caliente. The Pan Caliente, as the you like to bread. say. The, yeah, the hot bread, as you like to say, the Pan Caliente, but it's yeah. Pan Caliente, but anyways. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I am only honorary Puerto Rican. I'm not yeah. real Puerto Rican. I think you keep forgetting that matter. Yeah, but I figure she's learning little by little. Right? I am. You know, you got a lot most of, re- of the bad stuff. You got Y'all a lot don't of, teach me the good stuff. You got a lot of Latino, especially Rican friends, so, you know. I just knows the bad words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's all they thought was important. Yeah, well, it's like Carmen. Listen, you know, when the, so when I was a kid, right, I had a lot of Italian kids growing up in my neighborhood and so forth, right, and so they always teach me all the bad words in Italian, so. <laughs> Carmen knows. It's like, yeah, we always we just taught the bad words because we didn't know any better. <laughs> All right, let's get rolling here. All right, All right let's right, go ahead. Because uh, I just it's three minutes in, and I just don't want to waste any more yes. time. I want to get. First of all, mm. I want to welcome our special guest back, Mr. Carmen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Carmen is the city manager for the beautiful town of DeBerry. Yep. Uh, model city. Yep. And. Uh, he is here today to help us talk about the Senate Bill 102, which I fondly refer to as developer hand job because this was packaged up nice, given to developers, and this, I believe, is nothing short of developer welfare. I believe that it's giving them lots of subsidies while at the time dismantling any home rule that a city might have. So Tallahassee is, in effect, giving this and 
without any visits to the cities that this is going to affect, thereby rendering your city manager, your city commission powerless to protect certain properties uh, that are just now going to be plowed through without any kind of intervention here. So um, I'm glad that he is here to talk about that. He has really dug into it. I've done precursory stuff but uh, and dug into it, but not to this level. Um, and we're going to unpack this today because this is very problematic. I know that uh, this is a very nonpartisan issue because I've heard Republicans and Democrats alike talk about how horrible this is for local infrastructure and local development and land use. And it's nothing more, and not only that, but there's been no serious discussion on what the thresholds for what is really truly affordable housing. Because if you build these particle board apartments, because you're sure developers are not going to really invest any money in quality building, they're going to throw up what they can make profitable. And then you're going to have families come in here, and because of that crappy building, uh, they're going to be paying probably $600, $400, $600 a month mm. for electric bills, uh, whatever else is going on there. But there's nothing substantial to this and it needs to be looked at again and this bill is just a dud and i want to thank you for unpacking and oh my god dismantling and putting together all this great information uh carmen as you continue to protect your town i know that there is some serious loss talked about in your town as far as revenue tax base that that's being you're being crippled by this act and so I'm really anxious to hear what y'all's mitigation plans are, as it were, and how other cities can follow maybe your lead and get together. Because I'm still pissed off at uh, Florida League of Cities. I'm pissed off at Volusia League of Cities for uh, endorsing this without any true uh, dialogue. We didn't have any meetings on this, you know, um, as a community. And uh, I think that when those League of Cities speak for us, at least there should be feedback from the cities and the city commissions about what they find problematic uh, or what might need to be changed to suit them. So I'm going to shut up now, and I want you to unpack. I want you to have this yeah. the rest of this hour <clears throat> to go over and trigger some thought-provoking information. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, uh, just for those, I'm Carmen Rosamond, the city manager of DeBerry. Um, and... Uh, uh, one of the things I want to qualify first is that we are for affordable housing. Mm -hmm. um, what's the issue with this particular bill is on the business side of this bill. Okay. And that's what I think is not workable and what's going to devastate communities and city organizations. Tell them why, Carmen. Well, I will. Okay. And in my presentation there. Okay. Um, and um, we're in the fourth month of the, uh, since the effective date. Mm -hmm. um, we're already getting hit with uh, uh, threats, um, not only threats, uh, but reality. Yeah. Uh, we, we got some projects that are that were under contract um, and that uh, that are threatening to lose our commercial base because of the affordable housing. Um, and so little surprised that schools and counties and cities haven't been more um, uh, ac active in, in uh, analyzing the business side of this bill. And uh, so that's why I'm here today to, to advocate. Um, Blue League of Cities is going to start an advocacy um, committee, which okay. I think they're going to ask me to lead. Uh, last week I gave a, uh, a presentation to the Florida League of Cities, the, the Land and Economic Development Committee, um, and many of the 80 mayors and council members that are on that committee were surprised uh, of the business side of this bill. Um, and so not the affordable side. There's some good things in this bill, but it's the business side that's really, uh, really a problematic. Okay. But I know the political climate on this. I mean, Senator uh, President Poma, uh, Pasadomo mm -hmm. um, said there was not going to be any revisions on this bill, and I know that 
Uh, many legislators and schools and counties and cities are very afraid of uh, asking for a revision bill yeah. simply because they're going to lose their they might lose their appropriations next year. And so um, and that's why I'm, I'm asking them to um, to really step up and let's not be afraid. Let's do yeah. what's right and, and get this accomplished. Who's leading appropriations? Um, well, on the House side, uh, the budget chief is, is Tom Leake. And on the Senate side, it is. Oh, my God. It's, I'm going to. That's fine. But, but, but it's a senator out of Panhandle. I forgot his name is escaping me at the moment. Well, and, so. and, and Dana and yeah. I attended the uh, Lucia League of Cities, the, where we had the Lucia delegation there, mm -hmm. and there was a few of them that said, "We're not even looking at this bill." Tom Leake was one. Senator yeah. ba uh, Representative Barney was another. Yeah, uh, they were not going to look at. This Who else bill. said they? they, they what did? Uh, um, Tra uh, Representative Tremont, uh, Representative McLean, and I've talked to Senator Wright, and they all said, "Yeah, we need to take a look at this," but. There's still some hesitation. Because yeah. no one wants to go. And here's the thing that I find sad. No one wants to go against the Senate president. And no one wants to go. That is BS to me because this is wrong on so many levels. This, uh, this passes any kind of political. This is real people's lives right here. This is not a give and take on the Senate floor. And it's BS. Yep. Yeah. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to qualify myself a little bit because not many people in your audience know who mm -hmm. I am. Um, they know, I worked for 35 and a half years with the Florida Department of Revenue, okay. um, and I'm responsible to bring, bring in the billions of dollars that, that, that fund uh, the Florida legislature um, in the state of Florida. I work with millions of businesses uh, in thousands of trade industries, um, and so uh, I've, I've collected, I've audited, I've enforced, I've yeah. prosecuted uh, in every single industry uh, in the state of Florida. Um, for folks that don't know me, I was elected official for 12 years. I okay. was on the Berry City Council yep. um, and also as a mayor. And then the last four and a half years have been uh, the pleasure of the city manager for the city of DeBerry. So, Karen, um, watch out. You don't know what I'm going <laughs> to offer today. <laughs> and, and, so, and so my approach with this presentation is, is I'm trying to be as fact-based as possible. Mm -hmm. okay. um, because I know that uh, we're stepping into the political realm. And if I'm not factual enough, and, 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 and it, uh, it, it's going to kick yeah. back a little bit. But I'm, this is very factual, and you're going to see this presentation is going to be very factual, taking the pencil to the paper to show mm -hmm. you how the business side of this bill works yep. and why it needs to be changed. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, for folks who don't know DeBerry, we've got a population of 22,000. We're a close-knit community, uh, small town. We have a SunRail station, mass transit. Um, our industry, we have a lot of small and mom-pop businesses, both in retail and in, in industry. But we have two industrial power plants. We've got Duke and we have FPNL. Mm. Now, when we analyze this bill, we're fully exposed in DeBerry. We okay. have 900 acres of vacant commercial industrial misuse property. Okay. And, and unfortunately, because we have an amenity like the SunRail station, and in 2010, our, our city council uh, created a TOD district around the SunRail station. Um, that density around the SunRail station is a small portion around the SunRail station is 32 units an acre. Okay. And unfortunately, this bill allows developers to be able to take that small little piece of density, 32 units an acre, and apply it citywide. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, and so city, and you're going to hear me say that small, these cities that have special amenities and, and, and attractions like the beaches and everything else where these high densities are, it allows these developers to take those density and apply it citywide. And I so, think, and, and, and Carmen, if I'm mistaken, that was part of the commentary that was made from the mayor, I think, of the city of Doral. Where there's like an, a one and a half, like a mile to mile and a half radius, so they can apply that density and say, "Hey, we can, we can take this and apply it across the board." Yep, correct. Okay, all right. And so, so just take 900 times 32. Yeah. Okay, that's our exposure. Okay. 
So, and, and, that's, and that's on existing properties. You're gonna hear me talk about um, also redevelopment because I believe on some of the older commercial areas, you're gonna see some redevelopment as well. So mm -hmm. that's just our vacant commercial yeah. property. So we, we had an experience, obviously, um, uh, when you create a PUD in, in the city of DeBerry, um, and you have 30, 360 days to get it started. Yep. Uh, and you can let it expire if yeah. you want to, but you have to start, start all over again. Mm -hmm. So this particular development you can see here on, on my slide here is, is, um, is a uh, nine building, 125,000 square feet light industrial and two, apart, uh, two out parcels um, on this. And it's fully approved, ready to go. Um, and he got offered uh, a contract by a live local apartment complex okay and i'm going to show you how the money works in this because it, it, it's 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 absolutely it, um, uh, going to be bl mind-blowing how the money works in, in this theater and so he's going to let his pud expire so that um it goes back to the the commercial industrial zoning um okay. that, that that qualifies for that so what we were anticipating was about 300 plus jobs uh for this particular project mm -hmm. about 25 to 50 million dollars in our tax base from this particular project but unfortunately, with this contract, um, allows them, with the 32 units an acre, allows this apartment complex to build up to 759 apartments on mm. this property alone. Um, and what, that, what happens with the infrastructure is that, that will create up to 4,100 trips per day. And that's the ITE trip manual yep. number. That's not my number. That's, the, that's their number. And the tax exemption 75 to 100. is 75 to 100%. And I'm going to show you... Uh, later on how affordable is not affordable it's actually current market rate Got it. Um, and uh, so therefore the, the tax exemption becomes pure profit mm -hmm. and so the infrastructure cost that we're going we're going to bear with this after proportionate share um, is going to be about seven to ten million dollars there's three two-lane roads around this particular mm -hmm. project and to be able to handle four, up to 4100 trips per day uh, we're gonna have to four lane all those roads so uh, let me clarify okay the seven to ten million dollars is going to be DeBerry's responsibility. Correct. And they're not receiving any revenue back from this. They have to build and put this in the developer's hands. So hear what he's saying here. This money goes back into the developer's pocket because they don't have to pay out for this fair share, this proportionate share. Yep. And so I have one-time expense for infrastructure, but I have a reoccurring expenses because you have to. Uh, with with growth, obviously you got public safety mm -hmm. issues uh, that, that that's recurring, like police and fire. They're not paying into that. Nope. And and so there there are and, and of course city to Barry's revenues, the growth uh, general fund revenues only 17 million. So you can see the you're the, eating up already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeez. And and so what um, the uh, next slide is in what I call this largest commercial to apartment redevelopment bill, or as as Dana says this. Developer hand job. Yeah. <laughs> and so what it is, is I called, I called it uh, misguided incentives and acceleration. <laughs> You're so and, much nicer. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and so here's the evidence. Um, this particular gentleman um, in this industrial park was offered almost 296000 an acre. And it far exceeds the market. It's almost as much as Main Street is sold for. Wow, just, uh, and yeah, the comparable, there's, there's another industrial property on the further south that's offered. The offer was 140000 an acre. And you can see that the tax exemption, because it's not being used to subsidize the rental rates, it's, mm -hmm. being, it's going to be pure profit, are now going to be used to, to buy these, these particular properties. Yeah. Um, well, they could either, they'll either have the cash on hand eventually at some point, or they'll be able to borrow against that money, that, that future money that the you know, banks will say, yeah, they, there's revenue coming from these guys. Hold on, yeah. I'll, sh I'll show okay. you here in a minute. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so these qualifications, the 75% is almost automatic uh, okay. because it's current market rate. And I'll show you that here in a minute. And I use a comparable, the Integra Apartments, which is right across from the Sunrail Station. Mm -hmm. uh, their ad valorem rate is uh, 798000 a year. 
and that's for school, county, mm -hmm. and city taxes there. Mm. So with the misguided incentives, I, I know the tax exemption may have been for, let's give them a tax exemption and hopefully, hopefully they'll subsidize the rental rates. No, they're yeah. not. Um, but unfortunately, the, the ranges in, in, this, in this particular bill make it current market rate. So that makes the tax exemption monies pure profit. And, and, that's, and that's where the misguided, that's where the misguided uh, subsidies are. Mm. So it becomes pure profit. So on this, uh, on this particular project, on, on this particular project. Take it easy, Dana. Take it easy. Oh. Easy, easy, Dana. <laughs> so on, on this particular project, we anticipate, and, and, and in my fact sheet there, I, I did some comparables within the Integra apartment complex. They will save between one to two million dollars a year um, on the property taxes for, for this particular project. Yeah. Now, this bill allows this exemption to go on for 30 years. And so if I'm saving one to two million dollars a year, that's 30 to 60 million dollars in savings over 30 years. What do you think I can do with that money if it's pure profit? I can go up and buy I'm, more land. <laughs> I'm gonna leverage it. Yeah. And so this is what happens in, in my presentation. It, it starts the process and compounds and it'll accelerate this, this particular uh, bill, will accelerate the redevelopment of property and, and turn our commercial property in, into housing. And that's what really concerns me because uh, you can see already by the evidence that, that, that this gentleman was offered a lot more money for his industrial uh, land than, mm -hmm. than normal. Yeah. Um, this is going to happen over and over again. As each project is built, the tax savings, because it's pure profit, will be mortgaged and will be leveraged. Yep. And the, all the commercial property will be bought up. And, and you will, you're going to see your tax base plunge well we're gonna, and, and so come and i had a brief discussion on that little bit and to your point you'll see the tax base diminish and so what do cities have to do in order housing on, on values the, on, 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 on the other what well, what do cities have to do on the other end of that to make up that tax base at some Raise point taxes, I'm, baby. and this is to a point that he's going to make at the end about one of the largest tax increases ever go ahead that he'll see down the road but go I'm ahead Carmen, yeah. i have nothing <laughs> but, value to add. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so what it also affects too and i was i was talking to representative mclean and about this particular bill and i said the sunrail station is is, is a county uh fdot project mm. and i said there's some of these projects we have about three pro three properties that are under risk right this moment mm -hmm. of going to affordable housing they're all going to be tax exempt around the sunrail station if if, if they do go um, all the monies that we were building around the Sunrail station was supposed to help the county pay for the Sunrail station. The yeah. county pays about three to four million dollars a year yep. at the Sun DeBerry Sunrail station. Well, those are going to be tax exempt now. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so I was talking to George Reckenwald, and it's the same thing. Is he goes, are those going to be a tax exempt? Maybe I don't know, but if they are, you're not going to have that revenue, anticipated revenue yep. that we're going to have. To and and the and Sunrail going to rollback, you ain't going to get to be sexy <laughs> next year, <Yeah>. Mister. <laughs> and, and so. Um, this is the, the the next part is obviously um, is 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 how it applies to PUDs mm -hmm. and a, now many people know what a planned unit development is. It's a contract between the city and the and the developer on how to build uh, these particular projects, and they called PUDs, planned unit development. Mm -hmm. And then residents buy into these particular developments if if, if it's mixed use, yep. they buy their homes and everything else based upon the, the PUD agreement and 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 the covenants that are that are established in that. But there's one area this, um, in this law that creates ambiguity, and it's two three-letter words. And in, in there you see it says, in any zoned or commercial, industrial, or mixed use. Mm. And that's where the ambiguity lies is in that sentence there that it may, this law may pierce the PUD shield. Um, and if it does, then everything is available for affordable housing, uh, yeah. including the commercial industrial use inside of PUDs. Yeah. And I, I'm gonna show you some examples. Um, 
on uh, on on the slide here on the bottom left is in front of DeBerry Golf and Country Club. You know where that is, 17 acres in front of DeBerry mm -hmm. Golf and Country Club mm -hmm. there. Um, if if they are allowed to pierce that PUD, yeah. or, they're going to put shit right there. All right. Yeah. Now some cities already have determined um, that uh, this already applies to PUDs. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the city of DeBerry has taken a position that if it's in a PUD, it's zoned PUD and it's not zoned commercial, industrial, or mixed use. But there are some cities say, no, this already applies to, to commercial industrial uses inside people. And I, and I told you, and I made the comment, I talked to somebody, I'll uh, leave it, I'm not going to say too much further than that, but I talked to somebody up in Tallahassee, and they were like, the thought was that the law had broad implications. Now, I know we all talk about the PUD, well, maybe it shouldn't, but the, cha the challenge is, if there's any ambiguity in that language, it is, in essence, I'm going to call off what it is, and maybe I'll get in trouble one day for this one, but I'm going to call off what it is. In our Florida Constitution, contracts are definitely, I mean, it's in our Constitution. That's how much we uphold contracts, private contracts, in the state of Florida. It's one of the reasons why I talk to, when I talk to HOA folks all the time, so there's nothing we can do. We may be able to, you know, put around the board a little tiny bit, but when it comes to HOA contracts, there's nothing we can do. Mm -hmm. Florida takes it that serious. But if there's ambiguity or perceived ambiguity in, in there and a lawyer gets a hold of that, now to that point, that's almost in essence of what I call a little bit of a backdoor to the Florida Constitution, potentially. Potentially. I'm not saying 100%, but it could be that if way. A, if a judge gets hold of this law and says, yes, uh, and creates case law on, yeah. on this particular bill that says, yes, uh, PUDs, commercial and industrial and mixed use inside PUDs mm. are eligible under this particular law. Um, then it's, it's, uh, this law is going to violate 100,000 PUDs statewide. Yep. Okay. Um, that contracts would, would be destroyed. And here's the thing too. I want to mm. talk about this. I want to talk about the legal ramifications here. Yeah. That what my thing is, is if I don't agree with one, this is going into litigation yeah. right away yep. on these matters on case law matters. You right. need to either establish or follow case law, yeah. but you're not, you're not building is cause this is going into litigation and you can't build while this is in litigation. I don't give a Dude, I don't give a nothing yeah. Yeah. about how many I tie up because this is this is so wrong. Right. This is so wrong. So you come to my city, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it under litigation. Yeah. So in front of the Berry Golf and Country Club, you're gonna have up to 555 apartments. Mm -hmm. um, you're gonna lose significant property values there. Yep. And um, and some of the things we've been hearing, our our law firm um, also represents five other cities, and there okay. was already a talk about expanding this bill to golf courses. Yeah. But I've been hearing that talk as yeah. well, too. So when I yeah. gave my presentation to Florida League of Cities last week, many of them said, wait a minute. Some of our golf courses are in MPUDs, and some of our golf courses are zoned commercial. Mm -hmm. um, and so it makes every one of them exposed. Yep. And so yeah. what I brought with me today is something in Deltona. Because, because I want I want to show you where your exposure yep. is, at least a little bit of your exposure. Yep. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. You, the so infamous you, Deltona Hills Golf Course. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so this is a, it's an MPUD. Mm -hmm. um, and so if it's and so remember now, um, based upon the number of apartments, I can save millions of dollars in tax revenue. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is 166 acres. And I know, uh, Dana, you're commissioner of Deltona. You got some apartments on the north side of town over there, maybe 20 units an acre. Right. Yeah. So if I take 166 acres times 20 units an acre, that's 3,330 3, apartments. And we have we have uh, affordable housing projects that have been abandoned. We have three abandoned projects sitting right now in the city of Deltona. Right. And you have development coming in saying, oh, you need more houses. No, we don't either. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't either. Because I'm telling you what's going to be brought up, too. Level of service. 
it is my mission starting next week. I have my schedule and my calendar. I'm going to every single city commission meeting in Volusia County to, of every city and talk to them about this because you're bringing in more homes without teachers. Right. How are you going to teach these children? Right. Keep telling me that you have you can build a nice building for them or you can switch them. It doesn't matter. You're still not giving them an education. And we also haven't revisited our level of service. What's the level of service? How many officers do you need? I haven't seen us expanded since this, all of this. So this is crap. Yeah. You so, are polluting cities with all of this. You simply can't do that. And I'll tell you this. This is going to be a time where rich people and poor people come together. <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me explain this exposure to you a little bit more. Okay? I don't want to know. <laughs> um, because, you know, if, if up to, up to 3,330 uh, is, is 20,000 trips, trips a day. A day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we don't have the infrastructure. That you, road won't support you, that. You, you will have to, you'll have to four-lane El Camp. Um, you'll have to eminent domain some some property yep. to mm -hmm. build the stormwater, um, and uh, with proportionate share, the developer will pay part of that, but the city will have to pay the rest, and the, rest. And the yeah. residents have to pay the rest. Yep. So but, welcome to my tax base. Welcome to paying more taxes. You well, think you're pissed now? Wait. Well, and so I wanted to show you that they said it's just not the city of DeBerry. Um, it's 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 everywhere, and yeah. so. Yep. One of one of my first priorities is to recommend revisions. Is to put in this that statute is that this statute does not apply to commercial, industrial, or mixed uses within existing PUDs. Um, I think that's wrong. I, th I don't think you can violate uh, contracts between uh, two entities in the state of Florida, and I don't think you can supersede it. And so that's why, in order to protect properties like Deltona uh, Golf Course, yeah. uh, the 900 acres inside of DeBerry that's mostly in PUDs. Yep. Um, this need definitely. This is the revision that we need in order to protect most of the PUDs in the state of Florida. Okay. Now, my next uh, slide in the slide is is I'm going to tell you affordable is not affordable. It's actually current market rate. And so this is the our, our attorneys have been working on this particular chart. It's a, it's a HUD chart. Um, the Metropolitan Statistical Area is put out by the U.S. Census Bureau, mm -hmm. um, and, and the Metropolitan Statistical Area for our particular area is Deltona, DeBerry, uh, Daytona Beach, and Ormond Beach. Yep. All of us are, are, are going to be responsible for with this chart. Now, our medium income is 78700 for our district, so all the cities in Volusia County are going to have to follow this. Um, and it's based upon the number of people in the household and the number of bedrooms, and, and it gives you the rental limits of mm -hmm. what can be charged. And so as you can see here, what I got circled between 80 and 120 percent. Remember, in this law, 80 to 120 percent of income, other than median income, is considered affordable housing. Okay. So somebody who's one one person can make up, according to 120 percent, can make up to $65,000 in income, and a one-bedroom apartment. You can see over there on the right, um, the rental range is $1,162 to. $1,743 is considered affordable. Yeah. And, and, and so the reality, but we all know my gut's telling me the reality is, is that most folks are not going to be charging that 1162. They're going to shoot for the highest. So possible. flip over to the next page, <laughs> flip over to the next page. And I, I got two examples of Integra 289, which is a half a mile from this particular project, potential project that we have uh, in DeBerry. And, and you can see there I snipped, I snipped uh, both uh, one-bedroom apartments for Integra. Mm -hmm. One of them is, uh, is $1,424, and the other one's $1,624. Mm -hmm. And so when I say affordable housing, uh, the affordable uh, is not affordable in this bill. It's current market rate. Yeah. It, it is current market rate. Okay. Uh, it is actually, they can charge actually more than mm -hmm. Integra and yep. still qualify for the 75% tax exemption. 
Mm. That's why I said that this uh, this 75% uh, tax exemption is going to be automatic, and it becomes pure profit because they can charge current market rate and compete with their competitors, and they can put the tax exemption in their pocket. And we Mm. are now... We are now sugar mamas and sugar daddies for developers. That's basically what we're doing. So, Remember, we talked about sugar daddies last yeah, week. So, so uh, my recommendation here is to revise the the eighty to twenty one twenty percent range on the next page, mm-hmm. and basically recommend eighty percent or less. If you want to do affordable housing, let's make the range eighty percent or less, and then that will truly force the tax exemption. Um, that the monies that they receive to mm-hmm. subsidize the rental rate. Yep. Okay. Um, and 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 that's and that's where the the misguided uh, incentives are is that it's going to fund current market rate and it's not going to fund really yeah. truly affordable housing. Yeah. It's not going to it's not going to subsidize privately. Forget about public. It's not government stuff. Mm-hmm. This is we're talking about subsidizing private these private uh, entities these these uh, these apartment complexes privately. That was the intent was, or at least that should have been the intent was to subsidize that so we can, to your point, we can get truly affordable housing, but it's not. They're going to use this as basically, it's a bank. It's going to be their own internal bank to be able to, to leverage and buy future properties or do future things. I'll, I'll, and leverage, continue thir- and continue I'll leverage 30 years. If it was me, I yeah. would leverage 30 years of tax exemption savings, I, uh, and, I, and I'm going to buy, Carmen, buy, I, buy. Carmen, I'll tell you, if it were me, I'm a business guy, like I'm just sitting there going, yeah, I'm loving this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give me the sugar every time. <laughs> so so uh, on the next slide, I'll I talked about the tax exemption is automatic. The 80- You're looking at me. Hang on a second, Carl. You're looking at me, but I'm telling you that if it were me under this, what I'm seeing here, I would probably do the same. I'd do the same thing. And tell me nobody else would do that. Most people. Unscrupulous. They, I hear you, but. Fucking I, well, people. Well, wait, 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 wait. I am sorry about that. No, I hear oh you. Oh, my God. I, hear, I know that, but I'm telling you what the average thought process would be. And that's why be. we have to smoke these people. Yeah, well, listen. So, and All so, right. and so, but what also what this bill does, and, you know, when I was with the Florida Department of Revenue, we took every tax policy and every tax law, mm-hmm. and we made sure it didn't create any uncompetitive market uh, places uh, or, or in any industry. Um, and, and quite frankly, that was a cardinal sin if we created tax policy and tax law that, that created an unfair competitive marketplace. Yeah. This bill creates an unfair competitive marketplace. New new apartments are tax exempt. Existing apartments are not, and they don't qualify under this particular bill. And so now you have a a segregation. So how is Integra going to compete with the new apartment complex when they're paying $800,000 a year and these guys are paying nothing? They can't monopolize. So they they have created an unfair competitive marketplace. Mm. Um, And so this is my recommendation. Um, one is to eliminate the property tax exemption mm-hmm. uh, because they used local government money to fund affordable housing and they didn't use any state money. Yeah. And you know, I'm a sales tax guy. I've, I've, been, I've been collecting billions of sales tax money. I, I, I've been part of the yeah. Florida Department of yeah. Revenue, right? Um, but they, you know, they tout all the time about all the excess tax sales tax money that's coming in and how much went into the Rainy Day Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the reason why they're collecting so much sales tax money, one is increased population, Two, cost of inflation, cost of goods, or yeah. raise sales tax money. Yeah. And then the out-of-state sales tax. Now, I worked on the out-of-state sales tax for 15 years. Um, and, and, it, and it can pay. And the reason why it was passed was because it, 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 would, it, uh, it created an unfair competitive marketplace between the out-of-state mail order companies and everything else and Main Street. I'm having, yeah, yeah, and, exactly, and, so, yeah. and so they equalized. They, they passed the out-of-state sales tax bill. 
Um, a couple not, years back, I remember when we did it. Yeah, yeah it's yep. a, and it equalized the, the competitive marketplace. Yeah. They were not no longer taking away from Main Street. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. they need to do the same thing here. They could easily set up a sales tax fund, um, have these apartment complexes apply for their ta tax reimbursement. Yeah. Um, rather than using the, the local government monies to fund affordable housing, they can use some state money or mm -hmm. a combination of both. Yeah. So this is what uh, this is why I call this bill one of the largest tax increase bills ever passed by the Florida legislature, Be because we're your friend. <laughs> because because uh, and and this is where this is where it's important to understand. Look, I've been a Republican all my life, and and we run the city of DeBerry as physically conservative as possible. We're one of the most physically conservative uh, organizations mm -hmm. in the state of Florida. Yeah. Um, and so. I'm speaking the truth here, the smoking truth here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is because um, when you look at all the facts, this is exactly what it does. It, it, it's the largest tax increase, and here's, here's how it happened. Because this affects the tax exemption not only for cities, but for the county and for the schools. Yeah. Um, because these guys are tax, property tax exempt. Yeah. And so what it does, it burdens local governments um, uh, not only for on the revenue side, but also on the infrastructure side. Because um, just the barrier alone, as I showed you, the seven to ten million dollars infrastructure, the additional police and fire uh, and other services, and I'm going to do a committee a community meeting with our residents here later on this month, and I'm going to have to tell them that I might, if these projects do go through, I might have to increase double their tax rate. Carmen, can we do that for Deltona? We could do that. I offered um, uh, your mayor and your city manager to come do a presentation in front of your council. Um, you need to come do it in front of our city, our people. Because uh, well, anytime you say tax hike, yeah, you're gonna. Uh, and I'm gonna put that out there because they had a fit over the storm assessment. You think they had a fit over that? Right. Yeah. Well, welcome well, to SB 102, and you bring well, it. Well, well, the 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 tax exemption coupled with the uh, in increased cost in infrastructure because these exactly project, these projects are going to be built where this kind of density doesn't exist yeah and so the infrastructure is just going to have to be, it's be a nightmare yeah and Carmen. Carmen you and I had this conversation before and I had this conversation with, uh, with Dana as well which is uh, everybody knows this it's already been plainly stated on the show many times I'm not the biggest fan of rollback I I'm not saying that it couldn't be used every once in a while but the problem is rollback becomes something sexy that's great for now but you're going to pay for it down the road because somebody at some point in time is going to have to up that um uh, up that um the, the tax revenue or that millage rate mm -hmm. just to be able to get back to some sort of normalization yep. because you cannot and listen i'm going to put this out there folks everybody should understand this i love the fact that we're the free state of florida and we're great and we're growing and all that other stuff but the problem is we are i also know too we are growing very fast and so the challenge always is going to be for, for a lot of local governments, right, is going to be how do we grow as fast as we're growing? And if we have stuff like this and or these other tax exemptions that we that we always enact every year or that get put on the ballot and so forth, how are cities and counties going to c keep up? Because they'll be coming back to the legislature going, we need more money. The legislature says, well, we're going to give so much. Guys, we cannot keep up. We're growing like 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 gangbusters and not only are we gonna have to provide the infrastructure because we're not getting any money from these new developments but on top of that we have to increase our taxes then which is great for everybody else because you guys get to say we're not raising taxes but locally cities and counties are gonna have to sit here and say Hello. hey we, this is part of that game that we talked about last yes. year that happens if the federal government cuts that's fine but then the state has to make up for it yep. if the state don't want to make up for it then they have, they're gonna throw it on the backs of, the, of county governments and yep. city governments and who turns out then who turns out to be the bad guys your local municipality yeah. 
takes all of the hits, all the pot shots, all the shots to the kidney for everything else everybody is failing to do. Like this, SB 102. Yeah. That's what this bill is doing to us. It's taking revenue away. It's restricting our ability to earn money. It is raising the tax of our most vulnerable population. Yeah. And you're selling, you're just selling through right here. And now, but I'm going to tell you this. It's going to run right into your rich pockets here. You hear me, golf course people, dwelling people here. Mm -hmm. You're about to meet some challenges here that affect poor people, too. Yeah, you know I, and, I mean? I, and I just think that one of the one of the things we're going to have to reconcile with as well. Look, you're going to hear this, and I think I made mention to you yesterday about this, which is the issue of, you know, there'll be talking points. Well, in local governments, you guys are going to have to find a way to cut back because you guys are probably spending too much on other things you don't need to. Okay. So let's say I do that. I may I may have room for five percent cuts here and there. Once I get there, that's I'm at my baseline now. That's it. I can't go any more than that. Now, but I still got a plan for down the road for all these new infrastructure infrastructure projects that are going to have to go in place because those developers don't have to pay a dime. So where do you think I get that money from? I have to go back to my residents, and then my residents are going to sit here and go, but you know, mayor, uh, but city manager, uh, but commissioner. Why are you guys raising my property tax so That's much? That's why I say, you know, you heard Because, me. guys, because the infrastructure has to get paid at some and point And you heard time. me talk yeah. to them. When the, yeah. when, the, when the pitchforks showed up regarding the assessment, because yeah. we were, oh, my God, raising, the, raising taxes, and we were doing the millage rate because we were raising taxes, I said to them, you need to go address your state legislators because this is what's going on and everything trickles back down to the municipality yeah. because we're trying to make up for all the good feelings. What stuff I worry that about, Carmen, and Carmen, correct me if I'm wrong, and Dana, you, you're familiar with this as well as, a, as a, a city commissioner. What I worry about, there are cities that have, there are cities that have reserves, and some of them are better than others. But what I worry about is they're going to have to dip into the reserves constantly and make up for that shortfall, and then we're going to run into a problem where. City of Deltona, we were good for you know for 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 one or two years where we pay, we paid our bills on the trees on the, the the waste removal stuff from the hurricanes, right? So we didn't have to rely on waiting for those money coming back from the federal government mm -hmm. like a lot of cities had to, right? We were fine, but if we have to keep dipping into that reserve, the next time we get one of these two major storms coming up in two three years from now, whatever it may be, we may not have those reserves to do that. And when people see yard debris or tree debris sitting around weeks on end, not because they can't get to it in time, but because hey. I can't only do so much because I need money from the federal government. Guys, there's nothing else we can do. I worry about them dipping into reserves, and then what does that do to the city's bond rating potentially and everything else? Well, and, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so on the next page, I was, I was talking about eliminating the, the, the highest density requirement mm -hmm. because it, I think it unfairly penalizes cities with special uh, attractions and amenities. And, and, of course, I showed the SunRail station here. I talked about the, the 32 units an acre mm -hmm. around. We never visualized that would be applied to the entire city. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, on the picture below, there, this, this is beachside. Um, you got cities like Daytona Beach and yeah. New Smyrna Beach who are, not only have beaches on the beach side, but they also go property goes all the way out to uh, I-95. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you, you see a pictures of condos there that, that might be 50 to, to 75 units an acre. Yep. Um, and they can take that density and apply it into the entire city. And, and so... So we talked about this earlier where I had someone else came to me early on in this process, right? And uh, that individual, another city commissioner from the area, came to me and was like, hey, um, hey, wait a minute. So mm -hmm. you mean to tell me, the more I'm looking into this and our, I'm looking with the attorneys, 
they could apply this to, let's say, the Volusia Mall or whatever, and then create a ton of apartments. And Carmen, if I remember correctly, you had said, well, there's enough land there. You could you could for potentially see 3,000 units going up in that yep. area if they wanted to right yep. smack dab on, on, on ISB. Yep. And everybody's going to go up in arms going, whoa, wait, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Well, and, 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 and so much so, you see areas like Volusia Mall. When you, if I got 50 units an acre on the beach, I can put 50 units an acre at the, where the Volusia Mall is. Yep. I can put... 20 units an acre right where DeBerry, uh, Deltona Plaza is. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I, can, uh, I can put all kinds of different things. All, and I, I talked to Michael Plus a little bit about Brown Del- Deland yeah, Airport. Yeah. Um, well, and we'll have to sewer up, too. Yeah. yeah. We will have to pay to sewer up. Yeah. Because yeah. so, they're, not, they're not paying for it. Well, yeah. I keep moving on and, and also requesting to restore home rule. Because what this bill we're re- re- responsible for is uh, uh, if you come to me with a business plan, um, me as the city manager, you come with a business plan that says, hey, our, we want to create 759 apartments and 40% of them are going to be affordable. Um, that's a business plan. And based upon this law, because this law says I must administratively approve based upon the proposed 40% exemption, uh, 40% affordable housing. Mm. And so what that does is it creates a bait and switch environment for mm-hmm. me. You know, um, if it doesn't meet the 40% affordable housing percentage, it's got to go to council. If it does, this law says it doesn't have to go to council. It must be, it must be administrative. So there was approved. a question that was lingering for me for a while um, when, when the, after the bill um, and so forth. This thing went through pretty quickly. Um, and then I asked you earlier, and Dana, I just said so you're aware. I said, well, Carmen, if there's, a, if there's this potential for the bait and switch, and I go, okay, so let's just say they come in. They say, well, we're going to offer 40, and then we don't, have to, we don't have to go before the commission. We, you know, this thing can happen one, two, three. My question then was something I noticed it was well, and you probably confirmed it for me. Who does the compliance to ensure that everybody's maintaining that "quote unquote" affordability? Well, on the next slide in this, in oh, this okay. bill, in, the, in this bill, there's no well, there's no uh, accountability, uh, meaning that all they have to do to get the tax exemption is uh, the property appraiser does a certification, and they and they and they submit an affidavit to the property appraiser. And you know as well as I do, uh, I've did a lot of prosecution on tax cheats. You can't to try to prosecute somebody on perjury on an affidavit is very, very difficult. Okay. There's no audit authority in this bill whatsoever. And, of course, you know, I've, I've supervised auditors and audited thousands of businesses uh, since I was with the Department of Revenue. You've got to have some type of accountability. They're going to have to prove their tax exemption every year. Mm-hmm. And either the state does it or we're going to do it as a city. Um, so we're going to require audit authority in order in order for you to do this uh, in the city of DeBerry. But see, here's the bait and switch. I bring you a proposal, then I have to make a decision administratively. Yeah. Um, and so you may not have any any ability to, or, or desire to get the tax exemption. You may want to be a high-end luxury apartment complex. Yeah. And you know that the city council is not going to rezone that property to uh, multifamily. And so I'm going to bring you a bait. Um, I'm going to tell you I'm going to do affordable housing, 40%, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going, to ha- I'm going to force the city manager to approve this apartment complex on commercial and, um, and industrial property mm-hmm. without city council approval. And, um, and then I'm going to switch you. And then yeah. I'm, I'm going to go to luxury apartments. I am, going to pay the tax- I am going to pay the taxes, but there's no penalty for that bait and switch. And, that, and that's why I got in here that this is a poor mm-hmm. business practice. Is this how the legislature wants me to do business um, and allow these apartment complexes to go up. Because once it's built, 
it's built. Yeah. And we're stuck with another mm-hmm. 50 to 100 years. Yeah. And so is this how the, the state of Florida wants me um, to do business on a hypothetics? Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know you're looking at me. Yes, Eric. Uh, because, well, that's why we're doing this today to educate because. You I, have I, more influence, legislatively no, speaking, I, than I, I, listen, me and I Carmen can, right I, here. I, so I I'm just looking at you as a legislator that this I, is serious. Well, as an aide, I try to bring up some of the concerns that are being raised. I get phone calls all the time about it. And I talk to a, a few people to say, hey, some are aware. Some, like you said before, are probably not touching it or they have their reasons for it. And you and I talked about this, which is. You know, I think the challenge always is, is that, you know, you have, look, I'll give Mark Barker this one piece of, this one piece of credit. This is a shout out to you, Mark Barker, um, even if I don't always really agree with Mark. But the challenge always is you have the legislature and um, I'm going to get probably scared for this one. Most of them are, do not come from local government. And in many cases, I said that's probably not a bad idea in some cases, right? But the problem is there's a disconnect. And so what happens is business folks who come to, who come up there now who are legislators, right? Because Carmen, I told you before, my mm-hmm. dad, you know, is a builder, and he's like, uh, why do I have to have like four or five different like community different uh, ordinances? I got I got to follow. Why can't we just have one that's streamlined? It's a lot of time and process and money. I got to waste on this stuff. And so there is that intent to try to fix something, but I just worry that we're going way too far overboard, and we're stripping so much that now it, to your to the, to what's going on here, what I'm seeing here. Is I get it, and you're telling me as a Republican, I get it. But what we're doing here, man, is we are stripping our tax base big time. I know nobody likes to talk about tax base, but it's a reality. We have to function. We all have lo- all local governments, but they have to function properly. And to Dana's point, level of service eventually drops. Educational issues become a problem. They don't know where it go, where it, they don't know where it comes from. But I can tell you, it's factors such as this that add to that already problematic. Uh, issue that many um, that within the school districts are trying to are trying to deal with. Well, and and and, and I told Representative McLean, we are taking away the jobs because mm-hmm. a lot of these commercial industrial properties, uh, this is where the jobs occur. Yep. Yeah. And for the same people that we're building the housing for, yeah. we're taking their jobs away. Yep. Um. And 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 this is and this is where this is where the imbalance comes in. Okay. So here I, I got some summaries here. Okay, so go ahead, yeah. Let me summarize all this. And I think we got about ten minutes left. OG somewhere around there, probably. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so th- this law is is a broad stroke that will devastate small communities with unique situations, amenities, and attractions. And so, what we're asking for is to exempt commercial, industrial, and mixed uses within PUDs. Okay. That, that's a definite. Um, for selfish reasons, we we like to exempt municipalities under thirty thousand population. It costs, it costs the city to bury more, just as much to build a road as it does Orlando. Okay. Uh, they got one or two million residents. I've got 22,000. Yeah. Um, and so you, you, small cities are not going to be able to handle and this. And that costs, there, there, there's no, hey, City the we're going to give yeah, you some big discount yeah, on building yeah. the road. <laughs> so affordable is not affordable. It's current market rate. We need to eliminate the 80 to 120% range and use 80% or less only mm-hmm. and we need to force these developers to use the tax exemption to subsidize the rental rates and that's where you get the affordable housing and that's where we need to force them to do that mm-hmm. it destroys the natural balance of the real estate market because the current tax exemption is automatic and it's pure profit um, and it creates an unfair competitive market uh, in the industry because the new apartments are tax exempt the old apartments are not under yep. this bill mm-hmm. and the business side of this law is an apartment developer incentive bill, and that's really all it is. And and I want to say this right now, right here, too, that if this is shoved down our throats, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my residents, and I'm going to say, I am going to raise your taxes across the board, 15% special assessment to pay for affordable housing, and let's see where this goes at that juncture. 
So then, it, then I called it as one of the largest tax increase bills ever passed by the Florida yep. legislature. Shameful. Right, it's tax exemption and it burdens schools, counties, and cities. Um, the law uses the local government tax revenues to fund affordable housing. Then it turns around and and then it also burdens the cities with the infrastructure and services costs, and that's the yeah. expense side. And so when you get a double whammy like that, both revenue and expense. Yep. Um, that's where the uh, ad valorem tax and the impact of mobile fees into Barry, and this is what I have to tell my residents, your tax rates are going to go up. Yep. And, 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 and if these three or four projects go through, it may have to double because I, I just can't handle the infrastructure yep. yeah. uh, that it costs there. And, and here's where it's, it's the biggest, largest tax increase ever. There are 487 jurisdictions in this state. You know why I know there's 487? Because I'm part of the sales tax and distribution to the cities and counties. And so there's 487 jurisdictions. And if I'm raising taxes and fees to pay for this, so are they. Yeah. And so that accumulatively in 487 jurisdictions. Now, that's not state taxes are not being raised. It's local government taxes mm -hmm. that are being raised. And so their effect of this law bill, this bill is going to raise the local government's tax rates significantly over four over 487 jurisdictions. Mm. In addition, this law will devastate the public school system. I've met with uh, the I've met with the superintendent and I met with the general counsel for the mm. uh, Volusia County School Board, and quite frankly, they were not up on this particular bill as they should be. Yeah. Um, the, the school impact. board wasn't. Yeah, because Jesse Thompson wasn't. Didn't see the darling Republican poster Wait, child. Wait, hang on, hang on. No, Let's not get too overly political. Hang the on. General counsel, and and so I educated them on the effects of how many how many kids are going to come into in this year, and so the automatic exemption and the acceleration is going to be uh, unprecedented. And, and they can't build school fast enough to handle this acceleration, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, we only got one school in DeBerry. It's already overcrowded. Um, and um, we're, where are they going to build another school? They don't own another single piece of property in DeBerry yet. Okay. Um, You're going to bus them into Deltona. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or Sanford. They're going to have to read the, the yeah. different lines. And, to the, and the people are going to pay for <laughs> it. So, so, yeah. last, so last page is obviously restore home rule. We need to eliminate the mandatory density and, and mm -hmm. height requirements. Yep. And just use standard densities, you know, 12 yep. units an acre or 16. And then unfairly, it penalizes the, the uh, speed, uh, cities with special amenities and attractions. We need to eliminate the mandatory administrative approvals on these proposed business plans. It's just a poor business practice, and it creates the, uh, the bait and switch. Yep. And then it conflicts with 20 years of comprehensive planning. This, this Thank law, you, Carmen. Th this law violates the comprehensive plan and the future land use regulations completely. I mean, you're asking me to throw it completely out. Yeah. And, and all, the way, all the areas that we've planned on commercial and industrial um, is gone. Uh, I don't have a say-so in that anymore. Um, and it's because I have to administratively approve these these apartment complexes. Carmen, you need to you need to quit your job tomorrow. <laughs> we need to listen. I need wait to become a, a consultant. <laughs> no, no, this is what we need to do. We need to take your show on a bus tour <laughs> of every yes across the state. You need to take a sabbatical. I'll take a sabbatical. We will grow go across the state preaching this gospel. Yeah, we will. We can. Oh, you have to ask my mayor and council. For yeah. um, and Mine will be glad to get rid of me. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so, um, wait a minute. If, if you I make, make it. it. And if the final, the final thing yeah. is obviously uh, we need to establish audit authority to eliminate abuse because there's no accountability. Yep. Um, uh, you get the tax exemption with an affidavit, and so we need to grant uh, audit. You read so. this part right here. How uh, how ambiguous it was when they talked about who was actually going to be overseeing here. I'm like, who's overseeing? You're, you're putting the fox in charge of the hen house? Yes, we are. we got to make sure our developers yeah. get paid right. I, listen, this is what I'll say in all this. 
So obviously, Dana and I, uh, we were supposed to have another guest on. It kind of fell through, and then uh, you know, and then I was like, okay. And Carmen's been asking me, hey, if you guys want, I can come on the show. This that, and the sure. other, and then this just kind of happened to come up because I know there was an article that just came out about City DeBerry, and, and they they asked Carmen about it and what the potential loss in revenue is going to be for their city and so forth. So I thought, and I know this is something, this is a big peeve of yours as well. And so I said, I called yesterday and say, look, Carmen wants to come on. He's done a presentation in Florida League of Cities. I think he wants to do one what in Volusia. And you were like, hell yeah, let's get him on. <laughs> and so, but the idea, but she and I talked about it because I said, you know, because we like to, you know, kind of razz and dazz a little bit on the show. We like to have fun. And I'm not saying that we didn't a little bit today. But there are issues that come up from time to time that are that serious, the mm -hmm. way, especially the way you've been unpacking it. And I'm pretty sure there are others who are trying to unpack it. Um, and then now it's just like, oh, wait a minute. So we heard from like, I think we talked about the mayor, uh, the mayor of Doral. She has issues and concerns and she was on a show. She locally down there and she talked about it. And obviously you guys are unpacking it as well. And I think and so what I want everybody to do is. For this particular show, I want to name it something. I'll, I'll talk over with Dana because I want this to go out. And the reason why I say this is, folks, I'm not gonna, show we I am done. not going to endorse one way or the other. I want you all, and I know there are elected officials who pay attention to the show from, mm -hmm. from around the county. Share this. If you don't like what you're hearing, fine. But if you like what you're hearing, share it, get it out with everybody, so that way everybody can use this as a kind of a platform to say, hey, you can go back, you can rewind, oh, what did Carmen say there? Oh my God, oh, Dana, Commissioner McCool said something over there too. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. And then they can always try to contact, you know, if, if anybody has any issues or other city officials have, you know, concerns, they can contact Carmen Rosa Munn and say, look, man, you know, this is what I'm unpacking. I'm just letting you know what the potential may be for your city. Do we have a Volusia County Coalition that is doing this? Well, the Volusia, I, I got a presentation with the Volusia League of Cities. Um, there's, I think, one elected official from each county, of each city, um, and they're asking me to lead the advocacy for Volusia League of Cities to uh, ask for, uh, to work with the legislative delegation. I've, I have communicated uh, with each of the legislative dele delegates, mm -hmm. Volusia League uh, legislative delegates, on this particular bill, just like I have presented to mm -hmm. you here. Um, and so we're, we're going to continue to meet with them and everything else. And so, yes, there's going to be a Volusia a League of Cities advocacy but, committee. But and, and I know you, you, you know, you're not in favor. I'm not in favor of that because right. my problem is that I think that you need someone. I think you need a consortium dedicated to defeating this bill and turning it around is what you need. I don't need half hacked well, people that like, oh, you, uh, no, I want people that are charging the leading the charge to have this repealed or found uh, whatever legally well, challenged. As far as getting it repealed, I don't think that's going to yeah. be a, a possibility. But we need to get revisions on here. And so the purpose of the Volusia League of Cities is to get every elected official in, in, in Volusia County um, to contact their But they're the ones that, they, they're the ones that that said well, we like this. No, well, not necessarily. They, they may have said they liked it at the time because maybe what was well, told to them and not now that the bill is actually out there, it's being unpacked. Yeah, I, yeah and it, um, he calls it unpacked. I, I, I call it uh, once it starts the business side of this, once you start looking at the business side of this particular bill, there are yeah. some good things in there, but the business side of this bill is just not workable. Yeah. And I think once cities start putting uh, pencil to paper and they start looking at where's my exposure, ooh, 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, because and, to, and, to and, your and, point, and Carmen, and there was and, a lot of money that was allocated in this bill for other things other than just the, the law aspect, the, the policy sides of some of this stuff. Uh, $700 yeah. million for the SHIP program. And, and I think and, Chase, and and I think Chase when he was on last time, talked about that. Right. And just say, hey, there's a lot that's in this bill. And so it's Correct. not necessarily that it requires a full Can I tell repeal. you what that is? Let me just tell you what that no, is. Dana. No, I'm going to tell you what that is. Go ahead. Okay. That is... That is taking advantage of somebody and then buying them a nice red dress after the fact. Look, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna go back to saying this, which is I'm gonna stick to this story, which is I do believe that there is enough here that people should be paying attention to what's going on mm -hmm. and how this may hurt and and I'm not and I know this seems like a, a, a pretty strong word, but potentially could cripple a lot of cities. Yeah. And and, and, I, and, I, and I mean that, and so because, and it's not going to be immediate. The impacts are going to be over a period of time, and then people are going to say, "Oh my God, where did this all happen? Where, what started all this?" Mm -hmm. That I, said, there's also monies in the bill, so I want to make sure we're careful with just and we repeal the bill. I, and I understand your position; I really do. But I just hey, there's aspects of this that even a lot of folks, when it comes to ship funding and whatever they want, it's just the policy side to Carmen's point that they have concerns with and this and what you. Um, I would you I would be in, I would be absolutely even if we take one city as case study, I would be enthralled to see what that give and take is, right? How that applies to you, the money that they're giving you versus the money that you're getting screwed out well, of. Well, and and, and and when I talk about cities would be, and I, I didn't use the word uh, impacted or it's devastated mm -hmm. um, because uh, cities have been planning their, their communities for a long time. Mm -hmm. And here comes a bill that overthrows the home rule and it really destroys the, the continuity of your entire community. Yep. Yeah. Um, because you, the state hasn't come down and actually stepped foot into Barrie, but yet they're making law that's going to devastate a community, and they can yeah. do that. That's like voting on a development without ever stepping foot on the property nor talking to the neighbors or anything. It's BS, and you're doing it from up on high. Let them eat cake. And it, and yeah. Well, Senator Pasadomo basically just threw cake at us is, is what this well, bill has and, done. And ultimately, it's going to take each elected official in Volusia County to email and to communicate to the yeah. Lucia delegation that's the yep. closest ones to us um to we need a revision bill yeah. and and we need to reduce the fear uh, of of what's the political climate in tallahassee and let's get a revision bill <laughs> no. uh, filed and uh, as always here listen get, to, hold on. to senator wright here. Uh, yeah to you know to, to senator wright i always uh, i always offer i said look i'll serve on any committee mm -hmm. i'll go to tallahassee I'll work on the revisions of this particular bill. I'll mm. dedicate my time to make sure that this bill is perfected and works effectively for the entire state. I'll, I'll dedicate my time to do that. And that's what I offered. Yeah. I'm, I'm making suggestions on what the revisions are. And put then put me on yeah. the committee. I've been screaming about this since March. I know I know we gotta we gotta start. Well, I know we gotta wrap it up. We're probably a little bit behind. But hey, can I you would, do me a favor? Yeah. Do it for the good of the public, uh, please. Uh. I need your cojones. Oh, God. I'll give me your cojones. I'm going to give them to him. And then he can give them to people that actually need to grow up here in order to I in order to step outside of their own political BS to understand how this is really well, decimating I, I know. I know how you like to do things. And I'll just always say this, go back to this. There, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, government inaction or government inaction, there is a process to this stuff. And so what I'll just tell you is that I will, I'm going to recommend that everybody, not just Volusia County, but anybody who else is willing to want to share this show with everybody else and go back and you know, review it as much as you want, use this as an opportunity to educate yourself. 
Talk to your delegation members in whichever county you're in. Talk to them all and let them know the concerns that you're running into. Yeah, Sharona doesn't well, give a crap. It about doesn't. This. But I, I listen. I hear you, but I'm just listen. I'm telling you right now. It's like people. It's like associations that come up and give me a big binder full of all this pretty stuff. Boy, you guys are sure spending a lot of money on a bunch of stuff that makes no sense at all. And most representatives don't and senators don't have time for. Stick to the three or four bullet points. And this is reality. You can laugh what you want, but you're not there. When I'm there, I'm telling you, it doesn't make any sense. They're dealing with 20, 30, 40 different topics, and I'm telling you, you have to stick to the two or three different bullet points. Yeah, I know. I know. My blood pressure. Because I'm trying well, to tell you, my dear, you're my friend, you're my buddy, and I'm trying to tell you that, listen, this is the way it gets done. And I think Carmen's right. And, sweetie, I want you to know, it's not that people are against you because of what you're trying to bring forward here. I'm just telling you there's a process to this, and you got it. You got to work within those lines. Eric, That's the only way it's going to work. I might not make it. I need you to get oh, on this. Oh, God, Jesus. And, and, and so <laughs> it, 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 this, this is not a Volusia issue. Yeah. Um, if you just look in the paper of the Plant City Observer, mm -hmm. Plant City, uh, they, uh, Live Local Act has just purchased a golf course in a, in a mixed-use development. Mm -hmm. And you s just take a look at some of the comments of the residents in that article, mm -hmm. and that will just give you a flavor of the impact of the Live Local Act, and, and they're blaming the city because they didn't buy that golf course and turned it into a municipality, mm -hmm. a municipal golf course. And, mm -hmm. and so the city gets blamed, even though that they're not responsible, they're blaming the city. They should have bought this golf course and made it a municipal golf yeah. course. And so, and of course, the home values. Um, obviously, these people invest a lot of money in their home values, and all of a sudden, bye bye. They, they've got uh, 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 550 apartments in front of the Berry Golf and Country Club. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up because I know, gee, we're probably over our time limit, normal time limit. Not but, 40. Uh, we're getting. Oh, you get 10 seconds. Oh, you got 10. <laughs> okay. Well, Dana, you can you can take us on that. I'm done. <laughs> Thank, thank you so much for having no, me. No, Carmen, it's been a pleasure. You. Trust me, it's been it's, it's an been, honor. It's been it's an honor. It's you been are eye the opening. Godfather. I'm going to dub you now. Hold on a minute, come here. <laughs> <laughs> you are now dubbed Godfather. I would like to be involved. Also, I don't care what work you need to give me to do. I am ready for this. I want to take this on. Also, I'm always available whether it's to make copies, whether it's to type, whatever, because I've been harping on this. I brought it to my city back in May, and it was ringing the alarms. Yeah. Guys, yeah, we need know. to start doing something here. You know, we need to make sure that our residents are protected. Uh, and then we had the show yeah. on it before, but not in this depth. Yes. Thank you for doing this, Carmen. I, I don't, you know, what you have gotten from here empowers me. It will empower local municipalities to take on this issue, and I thank you for devoting yourself to this using your knowledge and all of your years of experience i'm gonna i'm pretty sure that all of Alicia will be happy about this and the last thing i want to take to my residents when i tell you that i'm about to have to raise your taxes 15 percent because of sb 102 you'll get interested in coming and showing up write your legislators write the state because this is unfair it is crippling our local businesses and you need to get involved and uh, as we go out i just want to say know your facts um I, I think that you said you would uh, come and present, you know what I mean, uh, this. I'll, I'll be glad to come to your council yeah. meeting, present, so your residents can hear it. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I've gotten a lot of offers around the state to make yeah. presentations. Yeah. And so I'm, get him while he's those. hot. That's all yeah. I'm going to say yeah. right there. Yeah, and, yeah, and, but remember, we were your first, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's got to be fact-based. And, yeah. and, yes. and, and use these facts. You it can't, does. I agree. You can't, it does. You, you can't use emotion. I know. Um, you got to be fact-based. Miss Dana McCool. I love you, I love you, girl. Um, remember, listen, write, type us, stay in touch with us. This is a very serious podcast today. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to promote it as such. And I hope that you all get a chance to listen. And just remember this. If it's important to you. It's important to us. Peace. Thank you. Bye-bye.
The Smoking Truth Podcast, its owners and sponsors, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guest. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intent to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Dana McCool, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.